0: section 24 of the book of a thousand nights and a night volume 8 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recorded by sylvia mb in washington state the book of a thousand nights and a night volume 8 by anonymous translated by richard francis burton 1821 to 1890 section 24 now he was seen by the tailor who had made the gown and who was standing at the door and when he noticed it upon the fisherman he said to him for how many years hast thou had admission to the palace caliph replied ever since i was a little one and the tailor asked whence haddest thou that gown that hast spoilt on this wise caliph answered i had it of my apprentice the trumpeter then he went up to the door where he found the chief eunuch sitting with the two fishes by his side and seeing him sable-black of hue said to him wilt thou not bring the hundred dinars o uncle tulip quoth he on my head o caliph when behold out came jafar from the presence of the caliph and seeing the fisherman talking with the eunuch and saying to him this is the reward of goodness o uncle tulip went in to al-rashid and said to him o commander of the faithful Thy master, the fisherman, is with the chief eunuch, dunning him for an hundred dinars. Cried the caliph, Bring him to me, O Jafar. And the minister answered, Hearing and obeying. So he went out to the fisherman, and said to him, O caliph, thine apprenticed trumpeter biddeth thee to him. Then he walked on, followed by the other, till they reached the presence-chamber, where he saw the caliph seated, with a canopy over his head. When he entered, al-Rashid wrote three scrolls, and set them before him. And the fisherman said to him, so thou hast given up trumpeting, and turned astrologer? Quoth the caliph to him, Take thee a scroll. Now in the first he had written, Let him be given a gold piece, in the second, an hundred dinars, and in the third, let him be given a hundred blows with a whip. So Caliph put out his hand, and by the decree of the predestinator it lighted on the scroll wherein was written, Let him receive an hundred lashes, and kings, when as they ordained aught, go not back therefrom so they drew him prone on the ground and beat him an hundred blows whilst he wept and roared for succour but none succoured him and said by allah this is a good joke o trumpeter i teach thee fishing and thou turnest astrologer and drawest me an unlucky lot fie upon thee in thee is not of good when the caliph heard his speech he fell fainting in a fit of laughter and said o caliph no harm shall betide thee fear not give him an hundred gold pieces So they gave him a hundred dinars, and he went out, and ceased not faring forth till he came to the trunk-market, where he found the folk assembled in a ring about a broker, who was crying out and saying, "'At an hundred dinars less one dinar, a locked chest!' So he pressed on, and pushed through the crowd, and said to the broker, "'Mine for an hundred dinars!' The broker closed with him, and took his money, whereupon there was left him nor little nor much." The porters disputed a while about who should carry the chest, and presently all said, By Allah, none shall carry this chest but Zerake, and the folk said, Blue eyes hath the best right to it. So Zureik shouldered the chest, after the goodliest fashion, and walked a rear of Caliph. As they went along, the fisherman said in himself, I have nothing left to give the porter, how shall I rid myself of him? Now I will traverse the main streets with him, and lead him about, till he be weary, and set it down, and leave it when i will take it up and carry it to my lodging accordingly he went round about the city with the porter from noontide to sundown till the man began to grumble and said o my lord where is thy house quoth caliph yesterday i knew it but to-day i have forgotten it and the porter said give me my hire and take thy chest but caliph said go on at thy leisure till i bethink me where my house is presently adding o i have no money with me tis all in my house and i have forgotten where it is as they were talking there passed by them one who knew the fisherman and said to him o caliph what bringeth thee hither quoth the porter o uncle where is caliph's house and quoth he tis in the ruined khan in the rawasin quarter then said zurich to caliph go to would heaven thou hadst never lived nor been and the fisherman trudged on followed by the porter till they came to the place when the hamal said O oh, thou whose daily bread allah cut off in this world have we not passed this place a score of times hadst thou said to me tis in such a stead thou hast spared me this great toil but now give me my wage and let me wend my way caliph replied thou shalt have silver if not gold stay here till i bring thee the same so he entered his lodging and taking a mallet he had there studded with forty nails wherewith an he smote a camel he had made an end of it rushed upon the porter and raised his forearm to strike him therewith but Zuraik cried out at him saying hold thy hand i have no claim on thee and fled now having got rid of the hamal caliph carried the chest into the khan whereupon the neighbours came down and flocked about him saying o caliph whence hadst thou this robe and this chest quoth he from my apprentice al-rashid who gave them to me and they said the pimp is mad al-rashid will assuredly hear of his talk and hang him over the door of his lodging and hang all in the con on account of the droll this is a fine farce then they helped him to carry the chest into his lodging and it filled the whole closet thus far concerning caliph but as for the history of the chest it was as follows the caliph had a turkish slave-girl by name kut al kulub whom he loved with love exceeding and the lady Zubeda came to know of this from himself and was passing jealous of her and secretly plotted mischief against her so whilst the commander of the faithful was absent of sporting and a hunting she sent for kut al kulub and inviting her to a banquet set before her meat and wine and she ate and drank now the wine was drugged with bang so she slept and zubaydah sent for her chief eunuch and putting her in a great chest locked it and gave it to him saying take this chest and cast it into the river thereupon he took it up before him on a he-mule and set out with it for the sea, but found it unfit to carry. So as he passed the trunk market, he saw the shake of the brokers and salesmen, and said to him, "'Wilt thou sell me this chest, O uncle?' The broker replied, "'Yes, we will do this much.' But, said the eunuch, "'Look, thou sell it not except locked.' And the other, "'Tis well, we will do that also.' So he set down the chest, and they cried it for sale, saying, "'Who will buy this chest for an hundred dinars?' and behold up came caliph the fisherman and bought the chest after turning it over right and left and there passed between him and the porter that which hath been set before out now as regards caliph the fisherman he lay down on the chest to sleep and presently kut al-kulub awoke from her bang and finding herself in the chest cried out and said alas whereupon Khalif sprang off the chest-lid and cried out and said ho oh, Moslems, come to my help there are ifrits in the chest so the neighbours awoke from sleep, and said to him, What mattereth thee, O madman? Quoth he, The chest is full of ifrits. And quoth they, Go to sleep. Thou hast troubled our rest this night. May Allah not bless thee. Go in and sleep without madness. He ejaculated, I cannot sleep. But they abused him, and he went in and lay down once more. And behold, Kut al-Kalub spoke, and said, Where am I? Upon which Caliph fled forth the closet, and said, O neighbors of the hostelry, come to my aid. Quoth they, What hath befallen thee? Thou troublest the neighbor's rest. O folk, there be ifrits in this chest, moving and speaking. Thou liest. What do they say? They say, Where am I? Would heaven thou wert in hell. Thou disturbest the neighbors, and hinderest them of sleep. Go to sleep. Would thou hast never lived or been. So Caliph went in, fearful, because he had no place wherein to sleep save upon the chest-lid when lo as he stood with ears listening for speech kut al kulub spake again and said i'm hungry so in sore affright he fled forth and cried out ho neighbors ho dwellers in the khan come aid me said they what is thy calamity now and he answered the ifrits in the chest say we are hungry quoth the neighbors one to other twould seem khalif is hungry let us feed him and give him the supper arts else he will not let us sleep to-night. So they brought him bread and meat and broken victuals and radishes, and gave him a basket full of all kinds of things, saying, Eat till thou be full, and go to sleep, and talk not, else will we break thy ribs and beat thee to death this very night. So he took the basket with the Provence and entered his lodging. Now it was a moonlit night, and the moon shone in full sheen upon the chest, and lit up the closet with its light seeing this he sat down in his purchase and felt to an eating of the food with both hands presently kut al kulub spake again and said open to me and have mercy upon me o muslims so khalifa arose and taking a stone he had by him broke the chest open and behold there lay a young lady as she were the sun's shining light with brow flower-white face moon-bright cheeks of rose hue exquisite and speech sweeter than sugar-bite and in dress worth a thousand dinars and more bedight seeing this his wits flew from his head for joy and he said by allah thou art of the fair she asked him what art thou o fellow and he answered o my lady i am caliph the fisherman quoth she who brought me hither and quoth he i bought thee and thou art my slave-girl thereupon said she i see on thee a robe of the raiment of the caliph so he told her all that had betided him from first to last and how he had bought the chest, wherefore she knew that Lady Zubeda had played her false, and she ceased not talking with him till the morning, when she said to him, O Caliph, seek me from some one ink-case, and reed pen and paper, and bring them to me. So he found with one of the neighbours what she sought, and brought it to her, whereupon she wrote a letter, and folded it, and gave it to him, saying, O Caliph, take this paper, and carry it to the jewel-market, where do thou inquire for the shop of abu al Hassan, the jeweler and give it to him answered the fisherman o oh, my lady this name is difficult to me i cannot remember it and she rejoined then ask for the shop of ibn al uqab quoth he o oh, my lady what is an uqab and quoth she tis a bird which folk carry on fist with eyes hooded and he exclaimed o oh, my lady i know it then he went forth from her and fared on repeating the name lest it fade from his memory but by the time he reached the jewel market he had forgotten it so he accosted one of the merchants and said to him is there any here named after a bird replied the merchant yes thou meanest ibn al ukab caliph cried that's the man i want and making his way to him gave him the letter which when he read and knew the purport thereof he fell to kissing it and laying it on his head for it is said that Abu al-Hassan was the agent of the Lady Kut al-Kulub, and her intendant over all her property in lands and houses. Now she had written to him, saying, From Her Highness the Lady Kut al-Kulub to Sir Abu al-Hassan the jeweler, The instant this letter reaches thee, set apart for us a saloon, completely equipped with furniture and vessels and negro slaves and slave-girls and what not else is needful for our residence and seemly. And take the bearer of the missive and carry him to the bath, then clothe him in costly apparel, and do with him thus and thus. So he said, Hearing and obeying, and locking up a shop, took the fisherman and bore him to the bath, where he committed him to one of the bathmen, that he might serve him according to custom. Then he went forth to carry out the lady Kutal Kulub's orders. As for Caliph, he concluded, of his lack of wit and stupidity, that the bath was a prison, and said to the bathman, what crime have i committed that ye should lay me in limbo they laughed at him and made him sit on the side of the tank whilst the bathman took hold of his legs that he might shampoo them khalif thought he meant to wrestle with him and said to himself this is a wrestling place and i knew naught of it then he arose and seizing the bathman's legs lifted him up and threw him on the ground and broke his ribs the man cried out for help whereupon the other bathmen came in a crowd and fell upon khalif and overcoming him by dint of numbers delivered their comrade from his clutches and tended him till he came to himself then they knew that the fisherman was a simpleton and served him till abu al Hasan came back with a dress of rich stuff and clad him therein after which he brought him a handsome she-mule ready saddled and taking him by the hand carried him forth of the bath and said to him mount quoth he how shall i mount i fear lest she throw me and break my ribs into my belly nor would he back the mule safe after much travail and trouble and they stinted not faring on till they came to the place which abu al hassan had set apart for the lady kut al kulub thereupon caliph entered and found her sitting with slaves and eunuchs about her and the porter at the door staff in hand who when he saw the fisherman sprang up and kissing his hand went before him till he brought him within the saloon Here the fisherman saw what amazed his wit, and his eye was dazzled by that which he beheld of riches past count, and slaves and servants who kissed his hand, and said, May the bath be a blessing to thee. When he entered the saloon and drew near to Kutal-Kulub, she sprang up to him, and taking him by the hand, seated him on a high mattress divan. Then she brought him a vase of sherbet of sugar, mingled with rose-water and willow-water, and he took it and drank it off, and left not a single drop. Moreover, he ran his finger round the inside of the vessel, and would have licked it, but she forbade him, saying, That is foul. Quoth he, Silence, this is naught but good honey. And she laughed at him, and set before him a tray of meats, whereof he ate his sufficiency. Then they brought an ewer and basin of gold, and he washed his right hand, and abode in the gladdest of life and the most honourable. Now hear what befell the commander of the faithful. When he came back from his journey, and found not Kutal Kulub he questioned the lady zubaydah of her and she said she is verily dead may thy head live o prince of true believers but she had bidden dig a grave amiddlemost middlemost the palace and had built over it a mock tomb for her the knowledge of the love of the caliph bore to kut al kulub so she said to him o commander of the faithful i made her a tomb amiddlemost middlemost the palace and buried her there then she donned black a mere sham and pure pretense and feigned mourning a great while now Kutal al-Kalub knew that the caliph was coming back from his hunting excursion, so she turned to Caliph and said to him, Arise, hie thee to the bath, and come back. So he rose and went to the Hammam bath, and when he returned she clad him in a dress worth a thousand dinars, and taught him manners and respectful bearing to superiors. Then said she to him, Go hence to the caliph, and say to him, O commander of the faithful, tis my desire that this night thou deign be my guest, so caliph arose and mounting his she-mule rode with pages and black slaves before him till he came to the palace of the caliphate quoth the wise dress up a stick and twill look chic and indeed his comeliness was manifest and his goodliness and the folk marvelled at this presently the chief eunuch saw him the same who had given him the hundred dinars that had been the cause of his good fortune so he went in to the caliph and said to him o commander of the faithful caliph the fisherman is become a king and on him is a robe of honour worth a thousand dinars. the prince of true believers bade admit him so he entered and said peace be with thee o commander of the faithful and vice-regent of the lord of the three worlds and defender of the folk of the faith allah almighty prolong thy days and honour thy dominion and exalt thy degree to the highmost height the caliph looked at him and marvelled at him and how fortune had come to him at unawares Then he said to him, O Caliph, whence hadst thou that robe which is upon thee? He replied, O commander of the faithful, it cometh from my house. Quoth the Caliph, Hast thou then a house? And quoth Caliph, Yea, verily, and thou, O commander of the faithful, art my guest this day. Al-Rashid said, I alone, O Caliph, or I and those who are with me. And he replied, Thou and whom thou wilt. So Jafar turned to him and said, we will be thy guest this night. Whereupon he kissed ground again, and withdrawing mounted his mule and rode off, attended by his servants and suite of Mamelukes, leaving the caliph marvelling at this, and saying to Jafar, Sawst thou Caliph with his mule and dress, his white slaves and his dignity? But yesterday I knew him for a buffoon and a jester. And they marvelled at this much. When they mounted and rode, till they drew near Caliph's house, when the fisherman alighted, and taking a bundle from one of his attendants, opened it, and pulled out therefrom a piece of tabby silk, and spread it under the hooves of the caliph's she-mule. Then he brought out a piece of velvet kimcob and a third of fine satin, and did with them likewise, and thus he spread well nigh twenty pieces of rich stuffs, till al-Rashid in his suite had reached the house, when he came forward and said, Bismillah, O commander of the faithful, quoth al-Rashid to Jafar, i wonder to whom this house may belong and quoth he it belongeth to a man hight ibn al uqab syndic of the jewelers so the caliph dismounted and entering with his courtiers saw a high-builded saloon spacious and boon with couches on dads and carpets and divans strewn in place so he went up to the couch that was set for himself on four legs of ivory plated with glittering gold and covered with seven carpets this pleased him And behold, up came Caliph with eunuchs and little white slaves, bearing all manner of sherberts, compounded with sugar and lemon and perfumed with rose and willow water and the purest musk. The fishermen advanced and drank and gave the caliph to drink, and the cup-bearers came forward and served the rest of the company with the sherberts. Then Caliph brought a table spread with meats of various colors, and geese and fowl and other birds, saying, In the name of Allah! so they ate their fill after which he bade remove the tables and kissing the ground three times before the caliph craved his royal leave to bring wine and music he granted him permission for this and turning to jafar said to him as my head liveth the house and that which is therein is caliph's for that he is ruler over it and i am in admiration at him whence there came to him this passing prosperity and exceeding felicity however this is no great matter to him who saith to a thing be and it becometh what i most wonder at is his understanding how hath it increased and whence hath he gotten this loftiness and this lordliness but when allah willeth weal unto man he amendeth his intelligence before bringing him to worldly affluence as they were talking behold up came caliph followed by cupbearer lads like moons belted with zones of gold who spread a cloth of cigleton, and set thereon flagons of chinaware, and tall flasks of glass, and cups of crystal, and bottles, and hanaps of all colors, and those flagons they filled with pure, clear, and old wine, whose scent was at the fragrance of virgin musk, and it was even, as saith the poet, blimey, and also my mate be plied with pure wine pressed in the olden tide. Daughter of nobles, they lead her forth in raiment of goblets beautified, they belt her round with the brightest gems and pearls and unions the ocean's pride so i by these signs and signets know wherefore the wine is entitled bride and round about these vessels were confections and flowers such as may not be surpassed when al-rashid saw this from caliph he inclined to him and smiled upon him and invested him with an office so caliph wished him continuance of honour and endurance of days and said Will the commander of the faithful deign give me leave to bring him a singer, a lute-player? Her like was never heard among mortals, ever. Quoth the caliph, Thou art permitted. So he kissed ground before him, and going to a secret closet, called Kut al Klub, who came after she had disguised and falsed and veiled herself, tripping in her robes and trinkets. And she kissed ground before the commander of the faithful. Then she sat down, and tuning the lute, touched its strings and played upon it till all present were like to faint for excess of delight after which she improvised these verses would heaven i wot will ever time bring our beloveds back again and ah will union and its bliss to bless two lovers deign? will time assure to us united days and joined joy while from the storms and stores of life in safety we remain then oh who bade this pleasure be our parting past and gone and made one house our meeting stead throughout the nights contain by him draw near me, love, and closest cling to side of me, else were my wearied wasted life a vanity, a bane. When the caliph heard this, he could not master himself, but rent his raiment, and fell down a swoon, Whereupon all who were present hastened to doff their dress and throw it over him, whilst Kut al-Kaloub signed to Caliph, and said to him, Hide to yonder chest, and bring us what is therein for she had made ready therein a suit of the callous wear against the like of such hour as this. So Caliph brought it to her, and she threw it over the commander of the faithful, who came to himself, and knowing her for Kut al-Kalub, said, Is this the day of resurrection? And hath Allah quickened those who are in the tombs? Or am I asleep? And is this an imbroglio of dreams? Quoth Kut al-Kalub, We are on wake, not on sleep, and I am alive nor have i drained the cup of death then she told him all that had befallen her and indeed since he lost her life had not been light to him nor had sleep been sweet and he abode now wondering then weeping and anon afire for longing when she had made an end of her story the caliph rose and took her by the hand intending for her palace after he had kissed her in her lips and had strained her to his bosom whereupon caliph rose and said by allah commander of the faithful thou hast already wronged me once and now thou wrongest me again quoth al-rashid indeed thou speakest sooth o caliph and bade the wazir ja'far give him what should satisfy him so he straightway gifted him with all for which he wished and assigned him a village the yearly revenues whereof were twenty thousand dinars moreover kut al-kulub generously presented him the house and all that was therein of furniture and hangings And white slaves and slave girls and eunuchs, great and small, so caliph became possessed of this passing affluence and exceeding wealth, and took him a wife. And prosperity taught him gravity and dignity. And good fortune overwhelmed him. The caliph enrolled him among his equerries, and he abode in all solace of life and its delights till he deceased and was admitted to the mercy of Allah. Furthermore, they relate a tale anent Masrur, and Zayn al-Mawasif there was once in days of yore and in ages and times long gone before a man and a merchant masrur who was of the comeliest of the folk of his tide a wight of wealth galore and in easiest case but he loved to take his pleasure in vergiers and flower-gardens and to divert himself with the love of the fair now it fortuned one night as he lay asleep he dreamt that he was in a garth of the loveliest wherein were four birds and among them a dove white as polished silver that dove pleased him and for her grew up in his heart an exceeding love presently he beheld a great bird swoop down on him and snatch the dove from his hand this was grievous to him after which he awoke and not finding the bird strave with his yearnings till morning when he said in himself there is no help but that i go to-day to some one who will expound to me this vision and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day And ceased to say her permitted say. End of section twenty four. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State.